Annuities, part two. Let's talk about basic income annuities and the payout options you can choose for income annuities in this, the 21st episode of the Retirement Planning Education Podcast. Welcome to the Retirement Planning Education Podcast, where you can learn all about IRAs and Roth IRAs, employer retirement plans, taxes, Social Security, Medicare, Portfolio Withdrawal Strategies, Annuities, Estate Planning, and much more. And now here's your host, Andy Panko. All righty. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to part two of All About Annuities. And this week, I'll be discussing basic income annuities and the different payout options you can choose when you do, quote unquote, annuitize an annuity or turn a lump sum of money into a irrevocable lifetime stream of guaranteed income. So just to recap, uh, last week, episode 20 was part one of this three-part series on annuities, where in part one, I talked about uh, intro, common denominators, some other general thoughts and things to keep in mind about annuities as a whole. And as I discussed last time, there's all different sorts of annuities. Uh, so it's unfair to say they're all good, they're all bad, because there, there are drastic differences amongst annuities. Uh, the, you know, common denominators were their contracts issued by an insurance company, and the interest that you earn is deferred such that the taxability of it, uh, you're not taxed until you eventually take take money out of the contract. That's really it for the sort of common denominators uh, amongst the different flavors of annuity. Uh, and also last week, I talked about MIGA's multi-year guaranteed annuities. Those are the things that are functionally like certificates of deposit. Basically, you put money in, guarantee to uh, you lock it up for you know a few years, you'll get a guaranteed rate of interest over that time. At the end of the few-year contract, you get back all your initial money plus a guaranteed interest. That's it. It's that simple. It's over. Uh, next week, part three, episode 22, will be all about, uh, that'll be fun, be all about variable annuities, fixed index annuities, and I'll also talk about withdrawal riders because th- those uh, riders are commonly attached to variable and indexed annuities. But I'll, I'll leave that for next week. That's a whole different can of worms that I'm looking forward to getting into. So let's uh, get into it for today. So today, again, is about the the, the most plain Jane of annuities, uh, in- income annuities. Now, these are probably what, um, eh, maybe not. I was going to say probably what most of you think of when you think of an annuity, and that might not be the case, uh, depending on your particular experiences with coming across annuities. But these are, income annuities are like pensions. Like if you have a pension from your employer, uh, you know, federal employee or municipal employee, or you work for a private company that that still thankfully has pensions, uh, it's kind of like that. It's ultimately a lifetime stream of income. The difference between an annuity and a pension is that with a pension, you, you don't directly pay for it necessarily. I mean, some employment you do, they, they do deduct from your paychecks every week, every month, whatever, a certain amount that, that you pay into uh, the pension, such that when you retire, um, you know, you at least partially, in some cases, paid for, put money into the pension that you ultimately receive. Uh, in, in other cases, you don't pay in anything directly at all. It's just part of your benefit package. And when you retire, you get this nice lifetime stream of income. I think everyone loves pensions and would like to have a pension. Uh, there's something called the annuity dilemma or annuity puzzle, I think it's called, where I don't think there's anyone who would say, no, I don't want a pension. I mean, some people would. If you have the option of taking a lump sum, sure, maybe you want to take the lump sum instead. But it, but in principle, I don't think anyone objects to having a guaranteed lifetime stream of income in retirement. So more people than not would, would gladly have a pension. When it comes to annuities, many people's visceral reactions, ooh, no, you know, dirty word, too expensive, don't want it, too complicated, don't trust people who sell it. 
And as I touched on last week, that is a common, commonly shared feeling, uh, unfortunately. Part of it is the industry's fault for sales practices. Uh, not everyone, not every firm, but the, there's sort of bad apples or not ideal apples in all walks of life. And insurance sales are unfortunately um, not immune to that. So that there have been a lot of uh, instances of missold, you know, misselling annuities, selling unnecessarily expensive or complicated annuities. Um, some of these things are just so incredibly complicated that there, there's no way the person buying it understands. I've even come across cases where the people selling it don't fully understand it, uh, yet there they are out there selling it. So there's definitely some uh, cleaning up and best practices that, that, that could uh, be put in place and changed. Uh, but, but anyway, point is something called the annuity dilemma or annuity puzzle is like, well, everyone seems to like pensions yet people have this knee jerk reaction against annuities. Why is that? Well, part of it is the industry. You know, people don't trust the industry, the product, but that you look past that there are some really good annuities and they're not always the right solution for everyone in every circumstance, but in the right set of, uh, you know, uh, set of circumstance or set of facts or whatever set of conditions, annuity can be the, the perfect solution. Uh, the issue then is is trying to find the right one. And, and this is where it gets kind of hairy because there's so many different flavors and varieties. You don't possibly know what's ultimately going to be best. They all have pros and cons. They all have their own unique bells and whistles and features. So it's kind of tough to sift through and discern which one's the right one for me. Not a great analogy, but it's sort of like, um, I was trying to think of an analogy for this. And the best I can come up with was going to buy a TV. I can I could picture now everyone who sells insurance is cringing at me and saying I'm a dope and don't know what I'm talking about for this analogy, but but stick with me here. Going to kind of like buy a TV. You know, you go to Best Buy or whatever large electronic store, and there's let's say 50 different TVs on display. At the core, they all do the same thing. <laughs> you know, they they all show you uh I don't even say live TV at this point. They're all they're all basically a medium to uh have you stream, you know, visually see streaming content from whatever, Netflix or Amazon or Hulu. Um, if you still have cable, you know, live broadcast TV or something, it's another medium to let you visually see that. So at the core, they all do the same thing. It's just a visual medium to help you see the content you're piping through it, right? That's the similarity. But that's where similarities kind of stop. Then you have different sizes, you know, some are 70 plus inch, some are, I don't even know what the smallest TVs are now. Let's just say 20 inch. Um, back in the day, some were color, some were black and white. I mean, that's decades ago, but, um, what else? Some are LCD. I don't even know if they still make plasma, but there used to be LCD versus plasma that were very similar, but different at the same time. And then there's all the different features, you know, high def versus not high def or how high def do you want amongst high def? And then do you want a smart TV or not? Do you want, uh, I don't even know what I haven't bought a TV in probably 12 years. Um, you know, all the other finer little features, it's if you don't really know, if you're not a seasoned expert, or at least you know make it your hobby to fully understand all this stuff, you have no idea what kind of TV you're going to buy. You see different prices, you see different options. They all more or less kind of look the same. Um, so anyway, that, that's kind of like annuities, right? There's just so many, so many options. None of them are necessarily good or bad. It's all trying to distill through all the, the fine print and features and bells and whistles. That's the right set of combinations for you. There isn't necessarily the best set, um, it, it's really just the right set, knowing what features you do and don't want. And again, unless you're fully versed on TVs or annuities in this case, you're not. it's impossible. You're not going to be able to figure this out yourself. So you're going to need a salesperson who uh, hopefully knows the product well, is, is thoroughly upfront and honest about what really is in your best interest. Uh, quick fun fact, I mean, most annuity salespeople do not need to act in your best interest. They only need to sell you a product that's suitable 
which is a much lower hurdle to uh, to, to meet. But point is, you, you're going to need help. You know, if you're not already an annuity expert close to it, you're going to need help picking through this. So I'm not sure I'm going with that. Uh, and that TV analogy was kind of kind of clunky as I was thinking about it, but whatever. Um, hopefully, with this three part podcast, you at least get the basics, so you can you know get a, a baseline of education, and definitely check out in the show notes to last video. At a whole bunch of different YouTube videos I did in much more detail with pretty graphs and charts about annuities. And even this show notes, uh, I'll, I'll repost the link to my YouTube video about income annuities. I think that will uh, hopefully help you a lot in, in getting some understanding of this stuff. So uh, let's keep chugging on. Sorry, sorry for that sidebar there. Um, I, I'm calling these income annuities. And this is the other sort of hang up I have with the industry is there, there frankly isn't standardization uh, there is to some extent, but different companies will call different annuities different things, even if it's ultimately the exact same thing as what someone else is selling, they'll often have their own marketing name for it. So you, you don't necessarily know just by hearing or seeing the name of a particular annuity product what exactly it is and what it does. You have to dig through the often dozens of page contract to uh, really discern what exactly is this, what is it doing, what type of annuity is it. So I'm going to call it today. Uh, basic income annuity. Again, it's the most plain vanilla, plain Jane type there is. It's functionally just buying yourself a private pension in essence. Uh, these are also sometimes known as fixed annuities, particularly when you defer them. If you recall from last week, I mentioned immediate versus deferred annuities, where immediate is when you start the lifetime income stream, basically ASAP. I mean, technically you have within 13 months to do it and still be called immediate, but let's, let's just assume you start it as soon as possible. Whereas deferred is you, you, you give the money to the insurance company. You do not yet start the income stream until some point later. In the interim, the insurance company credits you interest uh, you know, over time on that money. And then eventually when you do decide to turn an income, if you do, you have a larger pot of money at the time because it will have grown by the interest that it earned. Uh, so you start income payments, they'll be larger at the time. So anyway, so today's basic income annuities, otherwise known as uh, fixed annuities, not fixed indexed annuities, that, that's next week, just regular fixed annuities. So as I mentioned, it's basically a pension. Everyone knows how a pension works. You retire, you get whatever the formula is based on years of service or how much you paid in or whatever it may be, you know, X amount of dollars per month for the rest of your life, done. Maybe you can live on for your spouse if you predeceased your spouse. And I'll, I'll mention the different payment options uh, in the latter half of this podcast. So fairly straightforward. You, you In essence, you give a lump sum of money to an insurance company. Um, you're technically buying a contract. Like I said last week, annuities are private uh, contracts between you and the insurance company. It is not a commoditized, publicly traded thing. It is a private contract between you and the insurance company. You give them a lump sum of money and at, at the cleanest, easiest, most simple form, they agree in turn to give you a, a stream of guaranteed lifetime payments as long as you live. Um, again, I'll get into this when I talk about payment options, but the simplest form is whenever you die, the payment stops. If you, if you die tomorrow, payment stops tomorrow. If you die at 120, you know, you'll continue getting payments every month until you die at 120 uh, or, or anywhere in between. So these are called immediate annuities, again, where the immediate denotes the fact that uh, as soon as you buy it or, or soon after you buy it, you start the, the uh, income stream, the income payments. If you're paying this simple lump sum, it's called a SPIA, S-P-I-A, which stands for Single Premium Immediate Annuity. So premium is what you pay. Single premium means it's just a, a you know, one-off, you know, one-time payment. An immediate annuity uh, is, as I mentioned, the income starts uh, effectively ASAP, uh, and it's an annuity, obviously. So SPIA, single premium immediate annuity, otherwise known as SPIA. Once you purchase it, 
there's generally a 10 to 30 day cancel period known as a free look period where you can back out in that time. Uh, for whatever your reason may be, you simply just get cold feet or you find a, a better annuity or whatever. You, you can just take your money, walk away, go home, every, everything's done. Um, after that free look period, done. It is irrevocable. You are locked in. You no longer own that that premium that you gave the insurance company in most cases. Some, some do have some features for an extra cost where you can get some access to it perhaps. But in the simplest form, once you pass this free look, it is irrevocable. The, what, let's just assume $100,000 you put into this contract, it's no longer yours after the free look period. What you have instead is an IOU from the insurance company. You have a lifetime stream of payments that will last as long as you do. Um, and that's it. Again, if you die tomorrow, they stop. If you die in 30 years, they stop then. Or if you selected a different payment option, as I'll discuss, you know, it, it'll last until, until whatever happens. But the point is you don't get that money back. It's no longer yours. You, you can't cash it out, take it, take your ball home and do something else with it. All you have now is in effect a pension, right? Pensions stop when you stop. You, you can't cash out a pension other than initially you can take the lump sum perhaps. But once you start the pension, that's it, right? There's no monetizing it, liquidating it. All you have is a lifetime stream of payments. So, so this is the same in a single premium mean annuity that that's functionally it. You are literally just buying yourself a pension from an insurance company. It's, you know, plain and simple. Uh, and again, the payment options I'll, I'll go through in, in a bit. You can choose exactly uh, the type of payment structure you want and what structure you choose will uh, result in more or less payment. As I mentioned last week, there's no free lunch. You know, anything that potentially benefits you or give you more optionality, all else equal, you, you will get a smaller amount of payment for it because that's a benefit to you. And you know, insurance isn't and insurance companies aren't in the business of uh, giving you stuff for free. So that's a single premium immediate annuity. You can also defer when the income starts. So same sort of starting point. You give $100,000 to an insurance company. You don't just give it to them. You know, you formally sign a contract saying, here, I'm, I'm putting $100,000 into this contract. You'll have the same, you know, 10 to 30 day uh, free look period. I think that depends on each state because insurance is governed at the state level. It is not nationally uh, regulated and overseen. So the state you're in, I, I believe, will dictate uh, how long your free look period is, but typically it's 10 to 30 days. So anyway, in this deferred income annuity, you put the $100,000 in and you do not yet start the income. Instead, you just let the money sit there and bake and the insurance company will credit you interest. Typically, uh, you know, it, well, in this case, uh, uh, this is where it's known as a fixed annuity. The interest they credit will be some guaranteed fixed rate. Let's just assume 3%, 4%, whatever. Uh, so you put 100,000 in after one year, if the guaranteed interest is 4%, you will now have $104,000 of what's called contract value. Fast forward to one more year, you'll now have 108,000 in a little bit because the interest is gonna compound. Um, and then the next year you have 112,000 in a little bit, et cetera. And then uh, you can choose when to quote unquote annuitize it. When you annuitize something, you take, uh, that, that's fancy speak for taking your lump sum or, or however much money you have at the time in the contract and then irrevocably turning it into a lifetime stream of payments. So in the case of a SPIA, the single premium immediate annuity, you don't really think about it, but, but you're in effect annuitizing it ASAP. You know, as soon as you hand that money over the hundred grand, you are annuitizing it then turning it into your lifetime stream of payments. With this deferred annuity, you do not immediately annuitize it. You put the money in, you let it sit and bake, you let it uh, you know, earn some interest over the years. And then some point later, you can choose to annuitize it if you want to. Once you do annuitize it, then again, irrevocable, you cannot get your money back. All you have is an IOU of future uh, guaranteed payments from, from the insurance company. Now, with if you do defer it, uh, often you don't have to annuitize it. You can at some point 
uh, in effect, surrender the contract and take your money out. Now, there will be some sort of um, surrender period, as I talked about last week. And if you have a 10-year deferred income annuity, it'll sit there and earn interest over 10 years. Um, at the end of 10 years, you can you know, you can annuitize it if you want, or you can just take the money out, you know, however much you put in, plus all the interest you got along the way, take it out at the time and go do something else with it if you want. Um, the surrender periods, uh, you know, in 10 years in this case, the surrender charge will be highest early on. So if you do take out more than typically you can take out 10% per year at most, uh, if you do take out more than that, th there will be a uh, surrender penalty that will eat into your principal. And that penalty amount decreases throughout the years until, in this case, after 10 years and your surrender's over, you can then, like I said, take out the whole thing if you want, um, or you can choose to annuitize it. So this is called a DIA, D-I-A, Deferred Income Annuity. Conceptually similar to a SPIA, the only real difference is when you actually start the stream of income. Do you start it now? Or do you start it in the future? So that's SPIAs and DIAs, uh, and, and, and that's... In a nutshell, um, they, they are the simplest forms of annuity. They are the most pension-like. They are the easiest to understand. So I think we all sort of get that. Again, next week is where things are going to get fun and complicated when I talk about variable annuities and fixed index annuities. Uh, but, I, but I'll save that for next week. So with these simple annuities, they're, they're, in, in most cases, there really truly is technically no fees. And, and there's no explicit fee. So you don't like get a line item charge every year that says, okay, you have to pay whatever, 50 bucks to have this annuity or X percent of your contract value. No. So it's completely true when um, people who sell annuities say that th there's no fee in this annuity. That is right. But as I mentioned last week, it doesn't mean there's no cost. Uh, that surrender penalty, that, that's an outright fee. If you do surrender it early, you know that that is a fee, plain and simple. Even if you don't surrender... Insurance companies still make money on these, and they should. They're in the business of, you know, they need to make a profit. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. Um, they make money like banks make money, uh, you know, basic savings account. You give a bank $100. At the end of a year, they give you $1 of interest. While you didn't pay any outright explicit fee, it doesn't mean there wasn't, um, you know, economics that the bank was making off of you. The example I gave last week was you put $100 in the bank. At the end of the year, they give you $1 in interest. Well, they earn $2 in interest over the course of the year. So by using your money, they made $2, they paid you one of it, and they, they net themselves, they keep themselves a dollar. That's conceptually the same thing with insurance companies. So the money you give them, uh, whether you start, start uh, you know, uh, income immediately or you defer it, and they, they give you interest throughout the years, they're ultimately making more on the annuity than, than what they're paying you, or at least that that's the, the business model. If they don't, they're, they're doing something wrong and they you know they misunderwrote this thing. But generally speaking, insurance companies are really good at pricing this stuff and coming up with the economics of it. So uh, rest assured, they are making money off you as they should. So it doesn't mean that the uh, you know that there's no cost to the contract. There's just no outright fee. Um, the how are the payments actually based? I won't get into the payment types yet, but just know that uh, they are largely based on your age and your gender. All else equal, the older you are, when you start the lifetime income, the larger your payment will be. That's just simply a function of mortality. Uh, insurance companies are in the business of trying to put probabilities to when people will, will die. Now, they, they may not be able to know specifically you when you're going to pass, but if they pull you up with like a thousand other people like you, similar uh, age, gender, you know, region of the country, smoker versus non-smoker or whatever... Um, they know statistically, law of large numbers, that that thousand person pool, they can tell with really good, uh, you know, pretty close accuracy 
when on average that pool of people is going to die. And let's assume it's uh, you know 85, which probably isn't far off, give, give or take a couple of years. So um, the the older you are, they know statistically the the less amount of years you have left to live. So all else equal, they're going to give you a larger payment because they know those payments aren't going to last as long as if you were younger when you started. So age is the biggest driver of uh, the, you know the, the amounts of payment you can get for a given amount of premium purchase, and then gender as well, simply because uh, it's fact on average women live longer than men. So if you're a woman, sorry to say it, uh, you know, you're going to get a, a smaller annuity payment than if you were a male of the same age, because statistically you are likely to live longer than your male counterpart is. So therefore, uh, because you'll live longer, the insurance company will pay you less because they anticipate there'll be more uh, payments during your lifetime than there, than there will uh, for a male. And the way annuities work, the, the payments they give you are a function of a few things. It's bas- it's It's an investment return. Um, you know, they, they, while they have your money, they invest it and they're going to, they assume they're going to earn some amount of interest off of it and they can pay you some of that interest. They, they keep some for themselves in essence, as I mentioned, that's how they, uh, part of how they make money, but they will pay you some of that interest. Another big part of annuities and also some of it's a return of your principal. So when you give over a hundred grand in an annuity and they agree to pay you X amount of dollars per month, well, the amount they're paying you is a very small part of it is, is interest, you know, is, is earnings that they made on your money a large bulk of that money is simply return of your principal. So that's functionally what annuity is. You give them your money, they give it back to you with uh, with some interest and they determine the payments based on your life expectancy. But the other sort of um, unique thing to hear to, to annuities that traditional investments don't have is something called mortality credits. And this goes to the concept that I started to talk about before. Insurance companies don't sell annuities to individual people. I mean, I mean they do. Each contract is an individual contract between one person and the insurance company. But they will sell lots of this same annuity or annuities very uh, similar to it in structure and form to a whole big pool of people. As I mentioned, they don't know specifically when when you are going to die. So it would be a tremendous gamble, a huge amount of risk if they were to assume you're going to live till 85, you know, the average life expectancy, you live to 110, right? Then congrats, you won. You know, you skunked the insurance company. And they know it's going to happen. There will be people that will live substantially longer than average, but there will also be people that, that, that die uh, much sooner than average. So they, they will sell these annuities to a block, to a pool of people. I don't know what the number is, a few hundred, a few thousand. I guess it all depends on the block. As long as the, the, you know, the, the, the pool is large enough where they, they can statistically apply the law of large numbers. And they, they can pay you a little more in the, or, or on average, you know, pay all the uh, annuity owners a little more than um, what they can get in guaranteed interest on uh, traditional investments. And that's because of something called mortality credits, because they know that some people will inevitably die soon, die much younger than average, and they're not going to get their money back. That money stays in that pot, stays in that pool, stays in that block of the thousand people that, that all bought this comparable annuity. So the people that die early, in effect, end up, uh, you know, their money ends up paying for those that die beyond the, the average life expectancy. So if you are one of the lucky ones that ends up to, to live beyond average, well, your payments are, are largely getting paid by those in your same block, your same pool of annuity purchasers who died early and their money got kept at the insurance company and it didn't get paid back out to, uh, to uh, spouses or whatever. As I mentioned, the, the most common form of annuity is uh, the payout where once you die, your payments stop. So if you do die early, unfortunately, you know you don't you don't uh, recoup 
all the money you put in, the excess money that you paid, the premium you paid stays with the insurance company, ultimately goes to pay out the other annuitants, you know, the annuity holders who do up living longer than average. So that's mortality credits. Uh, how are these things taxed? Well, as I mentioned last week, you can buy an annuity one of two ways. You can buy it with pre-tax, you know, qualified IRA money, for example. So you have an IRA, you peel off 100 grand to buy an annuity. Well, that IRA money's never been taxed. Therefore, the annuity's never been taxed. So what'll happen is when you do eventually take distributions, whether it's a lifetime stream of payments or you just lump sum it out, you'll be fully taxed on all the money at the time. If you bought it with non-qualified money, meaning money that wasn't uh, pre-tax IRA money, you know, regular bank account money. This is where it gets hairy. Uh, I don't want to go too far down this, this uh, crazy hole here, but there's something called an exclusion exclusion ratio. So if you put a hundred grand into it, and your payments are going to be whatever, you know, six thousand bucks a year, let's say, part of that six thousand, as I mentioned before, is simply a return of your hundred thousand, right? Only only a small portion of it's going to be deemed interest. So you're not taxed on getting your money back. So I'm just making this figure up. Don't, don't quote me here. Just completely pulling this out of the air. If your annual payment is 6,000 bucks or $500 a month, let's assume the exclusion ratio is, I'm making up a number again, uh, I don't know, 80%. That means $400 out of your $500 monthly payment will not be taxable because it'll be deemed you just getting back $400 of the original 100 grand you put in. Only the $100 of each monthly payment will be taxed because that'll be deemed interest, you know, something you didn't already have. It's, it's, it's earnings in effect. And that will be taxed as ordinary income. As I mentioned last week, there is no concept of reduced long-term capital gains uh, uh, tax rates on, on annuities. So I'll leave that there. Uh, exclusion ratio, there's, there's no easy way to do it. You kind of have to get it from the insurance company that you buy the annuity from. They'll do the math for you. But that's that's the principle behind it. Also, as I touched on last week, um, only buy annuities from insurers whose credit ratings are in the A range, something with an A in it. Because as I mentioned, once you hand over this money irrevocably, all you have now is an IOU, a potentially multi-decades long IOU from the insurance company. So you wanna make sure you're dealing with an insurance company that will hopefully be around, that will be willing and able to pay you in full and on time. So only deal with the, uh, the highest credit rating ones. How do you actually buy one? I can't really give specific recommendations. I mean, you can just Google uh, how to buy an annuity. Um, I mean, any large insurance company you ever heard of will be happy to sell you an annuity. So you can reach out to them or just Google. There, there's lots of sort of third-party sites that will help you. Um, maybe they're not the sellers themselves, but they can help source some of the info for you. If you work with an insurance agent or know any that you like and trust, definitely reach out to him or her. Um, you can reach out to other financial advisors. Some of them work with insurance folks or you know, if they're not insurance salespeople themselves, they, they, they know of folks they like, or maybe on some platforms, like I mentioned last week, there's some fee only uh, platforms that uh, financial advisors may uh, um, ha have access to that they can help you with that. Here's here's a big one. When, when is it good to get one of these annuities? Well, there's no single uh, answer or, or best case scenario here. There's a few things to consider. If you want or need additional guaranteed income, then obviously this is one of the solutions. There's only three sources of truly guaranteed secure lifetime income. One is social security, two is traditional pension, and three is annuities. That's it. You know, Dividend paying stocks are not, bonds are not. And I can get into this in another episode why, but they're not quite the same. While they may be stable and consistent, they are not truly contractual um, guarantees. Now you may be saying tisk tisk. I mean, social security isn't really contractual. The government can change at any time, true. Uh, I, I don't believe they will, especially for people who are on or near social security age. It'll be bloody murder if, if they ever did take payments away from, from retirees. 
and pensions, while they are contractual, that, that can also be changed or stopped, especially if the, uh, the company behind it is stressed and, and can't make good. So they're not without their risks, but point is that they are there, you know, barring those, those uh, potentially unforeseen risks. Social security pension and annuities are the only sources of, you can bank on it. You know how much the money is going to be. It's going to come in every month. You know, X amount of dollars will be there. So maybe you want an, uh, enough guaranteed income, again, social security pension and or annuity to cover at least your basic expenses. You don't need enough to cover all of your fund spending, your discretionary stuff, but maybe at least your basics, especially if your asset size uh, is of a size that there is a potential risk that you may outlive your money at some point in your life, then maybe, yeah, especially if you're a risk-averse person, you know, conservative person, then maybe you do want to buy yourself some annuity income to supplement whatever social security or pension you have, at least, you know, again, with the theory that maybe you want enough to cover your, your basic uh, anticipated ex- anticipated basic expenses throughout retirement. If you don't really have a, a meaningful risk of running out of assets or, you know, you already have a lot of social security pension that at least covers your projected basic expenses, then you may not really need to consider an annuity. Again, unless you're ultra, ultra conservative and um, you'll sleep better at night just knowing all your money is coming in the form of guaranteed paycheck, then, then sure, then it's definitely something to consider. All right, let's talk about payment options quickly. Uh, There's a bunch, and they'll have slightly different names, again, depending which insurance company you work with. They all sort of put their own unique spin on on some of these things. But there's really five kind of main ones. Um, The simplest one is just called life, life payout. That is, as I alluded to before, the payments start when you tell them to start, and they, they stop whenever you stop, right? Whenever you die, payments are over. You live one year, you'll get payments for a year. You live 40 years, you'll get payments for 40 years. If and when you die, that's it. There's no refund. There's no uh, you know payout to beneficiaries. There's no payout to spouse. That's the life payment. Of all these different payments, um, that that uh, I was going to say that'll be the highest, but not necessarily. Hold that thought. Next type is joint life. This is like if you're married and you want your payment to live on for your spouse. If you predecease your spouse, you know you, you die before your spouse, so uh, the payment will be whatever it is while you're alive. If your spouse passes before you do, then whatever, you know, your payment lives on as long as you continue to live. Once you die, then the payment stops. Or if you die before your spouse, once you die, then then your spouse will uh, will continue receiving payments for as long as he or she continues to live. And then you can break this up a few different ways. You can have 100% payout for your spouse. So if you're getting a thousand bucks a month, whatever, and you die, you can choose a payment. So your spouse will also get a thousand bucks a month um, if you predecease your spouse. Or you can have a 75% payout. So your spouse will get 75% of whatever you were getting or a 50% payout or 25% payout. Um, There may even be more options than that, but those are kind of the common ones. So that's joint life. Again, payment lasts as long as you last, or if you predecease your spouse, payment will live on for your spouse. Maybe not the full payment, but 75% of it, 50% of it, whatever. Then there's life with cash refund. Uh, Simplest way to think about it is a, a regular life payment. But if you do die before receiving enough payments to recoup all the principal, uh, all the premium you paid in, the remainder will be paid out as a refund to whoever you designate as a beneficiary. So quick example, you pay in $100,000 initially um, and you get, uh, I don't know, $1,000 a month in payments and you live for 90 months. So you only got $90,000 out of this annuity and you paid 10,000 in, I'm sorry, you paid 100,000 in. The remaining $10,000 that you did not get paid back while you were alive will be paid out as a quote-unquote cash refund to, again, whoever you designate as a beneficiary. So that's life with cash refund. 
Next is period certain, or certain, why did I say certain? Period certain. Um, this just simply says, I want a payment to last for X amount of years. Could be five years, 10 years, 20 years. So if you die, let's assume you, you pick a 10-year period certain. So you die eight years in. Well, the payments will live on for two more years to whoever you designate as the recipient. Could be a child, could be a spouse. Or again, you choose a 10-year period certain and uh, you live for 20 years. Well, guess what? Payments stop after 10 years. That's it. Even though you survive after that, done. Payments are over. So this is why I, I caught myself and stopped before. Typically, the life payment is the highest because there's no real contingencies or beneficiaries. You know, If you die, payments stop. Period certain can be higher. So like if you're 65, you pick a life payment, insurance company assumes you're going to be living 20-ish years. So your payment's going to be whatever. If you pick a, only a five-year period certain, you're only getting paid for five years. That's it. No more. So the payment in that case will be higher than your life payment because it's only lasting for five years and that's it, as opposed to a life payment. The assumption is it's going to last you know, 20-something years. So that's period certain. Lasts for X amount of years and that's it. No more, no less. And then there's life with period certain. So this is a combination of life and period certain, as the name would apply. So let's say you have life with a 10-year period certain. That means uh, the payment will last as long as you do, or if you die within 10 years or sooner than 10 years, the payments will last for at least the full 10 years. So let's say you have life with a 10-year period certain, you die uh, eight years in to starting, uh, you know, after you started payments, well, two more years of payments will be paid out to your beneficiaries. Or conversely, you pick life with a 10-year certain and you you die 15 years after payments uh, start, that's it. There's no more money because you passed the 10-year period certain. You die the 15th year, that's it. Your payments are over at that point. It's just a normal uh, life payment for, from that point forward. So that's the payment options. And just to put some numbers to these so you have an idea. Now, this all changes based on market level of interest rates. But I picked, um, I'm not specifically recommending it. It's just a site I'm aware of. It's probably one of the more commonly used. It's called immediateannuities.com. You can find a link to it in the uh, in the show notes. You can plug in. What, what I like about it is there's no sales funnel. You don't have to put in any name or contact info. So no one's going to haggle you, uh, you know, shake you down to try to get you to buy something. You can simply just plug in, uh, you know, age, state you live in, um, how much money you want to put in, et cetera. And it'll give you free quotes. Now, I don't know, you know, these quotes don't don't assume they're executable. Depending who you actually work with, maybe they'll be slightly higher, slightly lower, but nonetheless, these are good uh, ballpark figures. So we at least have an idea, you know, what to expect if and when you do actually shop around, uh, you know, not just look for free quotes. So anyway, as of uh, here we are, uh, early May, 2022, I ran some quick figures on immediatenuities.com. Again, I'm not, not specifically uh, advertising or recommending them. It's just the one, you know, I happen to use because it's free and there's there's no uh, haggling, you know, people chasing you down afterward. 65-year-old male, if you put 100,000 in, you'll get approximately 6500 bucks a year under a life payout. So that's about a 6.5% payout for life. If you're 75 and a male, same thing, a life payout will now be about 9% payout. So you put 100 grand in, you'll get about 9,000 bucks of payments uh, each year. If you're 85 and a male, a life payout will get you about 15.2%. So you put 100 grand in, start payments when you're 85, you'll get about $15,200 a year in guaranteed payments. Now, um, as I sort of mentioned before, part of these payments are return of your principal. So, so I'm not saying these payment levels are good or bad, but you, you cannot compare these to like, hey, I have a bond that's only paying 2%. 
why wouldn't I get this annuity where the payout's six and a half percent or seven percent or nine percent or whatever? It's not apples to apples. Because with the bond that has a two percent interest, it's not eating into your principal. It's just, you know, you still have your hundred thousand dollars of principal, but it's throwing off two dollars of interest every year. With these annuities, this in this case, 65-year-old male, six and a half percent annual payout for a life payout. That's not six and a half percent interest, you know. Included uh, majority of that six and a half is going to be a return of your principal. So anyway, so so don't try to compare these to uh, traditional investment returns because because it's simply not the same comparison. And finally, female, sixty-five year old female, uh, starting a life payout will get six point two percent per year versus a male of the same age with six point five. Like I said, females live longer, so they get smaller payments. 75-year-old female buying a life payment will get about 8.4% guaranteed payout per year. So again, you put 100,000 in, you'll get about $8,400 a year in guaranteed payments. And finally, 85-year-old female will get about 13.6% annual guaranteed payments. Now, by default, the standard annuity does not have any sort of inflation increases. Most annuities don't. These payments that you get, if if you put in 100 grand and you get 7,000 bucks a year for life, you will get 7,000 bucks a year for life. It will not go up with inflation. So while seven thousand bucks a year, you know, may be okay now, in 10, 20, 30 years, there will be some amount of inflation. You know, seven thousand bucks may not be so much. So so keep that in mind when you're shopping around for these things. Um I, I I've been told that that no insurers now offer new annuities, especially you know, uh, plain vanilla income annuities that have inflation adjustments. I did read in some other uh, group, an insurance sales guy claiming they did. So I, I don't know who's who's right there. But if you can find one with, with uh, an inflation increase mechanism, rest assured the payment will be substantially smaller. Again, no free lunch. Insurance company bears a lot of risk if they are now covering potential inflation because who knows what inflation is going to be. Insurance companies don't know. That's a lot of risk to take on. So they have to compensate themselves by paying you a much smaller payout to start with if they're going to give you uh, inflation increases. Whew, all right, that's that. I'll, I'll, I'll leave this one here. Hope you found this helpful. Again, next week, uh, episode 22 will be part three, all about variable and fixed index annuities. And I'll talk about withdrawal riders, guarantee withdrawal riders. If you like this episode or any of these episodes, please definitely give a little like, a thumbs up, a, a nice review, a five star, or whatever, on whatever podcast platform you're, you're using to listen to this. And if you do like the stuff I talk about here in this podcast, you'll definitely Uh, dig and want to check out my Facebook group, Taxes and Retirement, my YouTube channel, Retirement Planning Demystified, and my newsletter, Retirement Planning Insights. You can find links to all three in the show notes. That's it. Thanks as always for listening. I will see you next week for part three of All About Annuities. Take care. The information discussed in this podcast is only general explanations and education. It is not specific tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on anything you heard here, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. Thank you. Thank you.